Thank you for joining us. We pray that as you listen today, that you are encouraged and inspired. And we would love for you to connect with us on social media. Now here's today's message. Mark chapter 5, verses 2 and 6. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today on miracles for the hopeless. Hope is such an essential ingredient in life. It's what happens when somebody commits suicide. That is the total absence of hope. They have no hope, so they end it all. Most of us never get to that place, but all of us sometimes in our life feel more down than up. It's because our hope is taking a, an attack. But it's so important that we have hope. The writer called it the anchor of hope. The Apostle Paul said when we were without an answer, we just threw out four anchors and stayed there. The writer called it the blessed hope. But in a world that is in decay like ours, it is easy to succumb to hopelessness and say it's just not going to work and it's not going to get better. That might be true for those that don't know God. But to we which our Lord is our God... We should always be buoyed by hope, knowing that God sets high, but he looks low. Jesus, no doubt, knew about this man that was a demonic at Gadara. He was infamous. Jesus went there on purpose. And Jesus, the Bible said, came out of his ship. I want to tell you today that no matter where you are in life, Jesus knows about it. And I want to tell you that Jesus is not hiding in the boat. He's out of his ship. And he's come to meet you. No matter what is going through, going on in your life, or what you're going through. The hopelessness of the demonic. He lived among the tombs. Literally had given up on civilization. He literally lived and spent his life in a graveyard. His hope was totally gone. He had an unclean spirit. Many was demon-possessed. This is a picture of man in total depravity. And the Bible tells us there's a lot of things that were deleted from the Word of God, just not space. But he included this because God wanted you to see, no matter how hopeless your situation might appear, that he will get involved in your life and he will resolve the hopelessness, no matter what's going on. This Man, when Jesus got out of the boat, was not ready to embrace Christ. Those demons in him caused him to charge Christ because that's what he did. 
When people came close to the cemetery in which he lived, he attacked them. He charged them. He was violent. This terroristic climate in this world is not new. It's just, it's just enlarged. But terrorism is the spirit of the devil. And we see it everywhere now in our nation. We didn't see it when I was a young man. It just wasn't there. People committed crimes, but not the spirit of terror that is in this world. It just wasn't there. The Bible said in the last days that Satan will become more enraged because he knows his time is short. And so this demon was confrontational. It saw people getting out of that boat and thought, these are just like the other people that I've known. And he began to charge. Nobody could control this man. They couldn't control him with chains. They'd put chains and handcuffs and fetters on him. But because of the demonic strength, he would break those chains and break those fetters. He was a cutter. How many people know what a cutter is? I remember the first time that I heard of that it was in a high school many, many years ago in New York, and there were two versions of that. It originated in that high school in New York was that other girls carried razor blades and box cutters, and when they heard a girl was a virgin, they would cut her. And then it developed from there. They began to cut their self. Self-mutilation is demonic. This body is the temple of God. It's the reason why I've taught all of my ministry is you need to protect your body. If you're living with an abusive spouse, leave. Leave until they can get help. God wants you to protect this body. This man was a cutter. The Bible said he took things and cut himself. He's demon-possessed. When you're demon-possessed, you don't preserve this human body. You destroy it with drugs and tobacco and alcohol. It destroys this body. He was demon-possessed. Night and day, living among the tombs and in the mountains, crying and cutting himself. Everybody had given up on him. Down in the story, you'll see that he had family and he had friends, but they had given up on him. Friend, when everybody gives up on you, it certainly increases your hopelessness. He had now given up on himself. He saw no future for himself. That's exactly what the devil wants. Suicide is the devil's goal for every human being. Most of us never succumb to that. I've had a few friends that did. But we succumb to fear, depression, and that's exactly the way the devil wants you. This man was totally hopeless. He had given up on himself. And the Bible, this is, this is an amazing verse. And I want you, I've, I've used this several times lately, but I want you to hear this verse. This is John 9, 31. And now we know that God heareth not sinners. Well, that's a, that's a tough verse. If you're not saved, 
you're not a Christian, you've not accepted Christ, your prayers have little validity and no promise. God can answer a prayer of a sinner, but it says he's not qualified to. He's not required to. That is a sobering thought. But then the Bible said, contrary, reverse. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's you. You're righteous. Why? Because you're covered with the blood of Jesus. Not because of your perfect lifestyle, but because you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Your prayers avail much. But this verse is not only a verse that is intimidating. We know that God heareth not sinners. That would be a scary negative verse if it stopped there. But it doesn't stop. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. When the Bible declares that God inhabits the praise of his people, it doesn't mean that he will just make you feel good because you praise him. It means that regardless of who you are, if you praise him and if you worship him, he will empower you. Because your help does not come from the out. Your help comes from inside. The Bible said, any man that believeth that, that Jesus is, if you believe on him as the Scripture has said, it doesn't say into you will flow. It says out of you will flow a river of living water. The moment you become a worshiper, Regardless of your life's position, God can supernaturally work through you. Here is a man that as at the very dregs of society, he's totally hopeless. His family's given up on him. His friends have given up on him. The church has given up on him. Everybody's given up on him, including himself. But when Jesus got out of that boat and he would have costed Jesus, something inside of him changed. And the Bible said that when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. You might not have a close relationship with God. You might not walk and talk with him like some of the people in this building. When I was talking about daily benefits a while ago, that might be foreign to you. You might be afar off. Your relationship is strained with God. You don't live for God. You don't want to talk to God. You don't want anybody to talk about God. You're just afar off. That's where this man was, afar off. But there's one last lifeline for the hopeless. You know, the churches where, where I was raised, they, they tried to make us perfect. And I think they did a lot of people, but they failed on me. I'm still a human being. I don't have to have suits tailored 
for angels' wings. The same tailor can fit a heathen, can fit me. They didn't make me perfect. And so we really regulated people's conduct. And the platform was designated a holy place. And if you did this or didn't do that, you couldn't be on the platform. And our laws were very stringent and very exacting. Any woman that cut her hair could not be on the platform. Any woman that wore slacks could not be on the platform. Any woman that wore jewelry could not be on the platform. The Bible does talk about jewelry, but it also talks about costly array. And so a pastor with a $1,000 suit on could keep a woman with a $10 set of earrings off the platform. That's the inconsistency of religion. But we prohibited people. I told you the story three times. I'm going to tell it again because it's one of my favorite stories. My friend told this. He pastored in West Texas. He turned his church over to his son. His son was even more legalistic than he had been. So they had a lady singing in their choir again. They wanted to keep it holy. She got a job working EMS and working in ambulances. And so she had to wear scrubs. She went to her pastor and said, Pastor, I had to wear scrubs on my job, and I'm in the choir. He said, I'm sorry, you can't sing in our choir anymore. So she was in the ambulance with a doctor one time, and the pastor said, the man they were taking to the hospital died. And the doctor turned to her and said, it's too late, he's expired. She said, doctor, would you mind if I prayed for you? And the doctor was an unbeliever, and he said, I don't care. She prayed for him, and he came back to life, got to the hospital, and he was totally healed. So the pastor said, we got a problem in our church. Said, we got a woman that can't sing in the choir, but she can raise the dead. <laughs> so we tried to make people perfect. And so we said, they, we can't, they can't sing or they can't worship unless they meet our guidelines. We've tried to not do that here because we have found that people that are afar from God need to worship God the most. And people that have problems in their life need to worship God the most. And so I'm here to tell you that regardless of how hopeless your life might seem to you, there's a miracle in God's plan for your life. And that miracle will be released when you begin to worship God. Not when you become perfect. Not when you meet all the requirements. But when you worship God, it triggers the power of God to flow out of you. And so whoever you are, don't quit worshiping God. Don't quit magnifying the Lord. It is the secret essence of God's response to you and delivering you from the awful curse of hopelessness. He worshiped the Lord even though he was a demonic. And when that happened, 
something happened to those demons. Jesus said, what's your name, demon? And he said, my name is Legion because we are many. And when you dig into it, it was 6,000 demons. 6,000. And so what's your excuse for not praising God? What is your excuse? Well, I'm feeling a little down. That don't compare to 6,000 demons. But I kind of got a headache. That doesn't compare to 6,000 demons. I don't feel like I fit in. That doesn't compare to 6,000 demons. Friend, if a man with 6,000 demons and those 6,000 demons could not stop him from praising God, I want to tell you there's not an angel, there's not a demon, there's not a preacher, there's not a church, there's nobody that can keep you from praising God. And when you begin to worship the Lord, no matter how far off you are, something glorious and wonderful is going to begin to happen in your life. Hallelujah. Friend, I want to tell you this. You probably know the thing that you hate the worst is. And yet that's the thing I struggle with. You know it better than anybody else. I can tell you, if you're tempted in that area, before you give in to that temptation, if you'll just begin to praise God, no matter where you are, just begin to worship the Lord. God will send His angels. God will send His Holy Spirit. You might be afar off, but God will deliver you. And God will set you free. And suddenly this man that was totally hopeless and given up on by society, suddenly the Bible teaches that he is worshiping God. He is clothed and in his right mind, and he's requesting Christ that he can go in the ministry. Can I go with you? Jesus said, no, but you can go back to your family and your friends. And there he said, clothed in his right mind, just talking about what Jesus Christ had done. Ladies and gentlemen, the devil is a liar. Your life is not hopeless. Your circumstance is not hopeless. Your life is not beyond redemption. You are not beyond God's care. You're not beyond God's hand. God knows exactly who you are. If God has not given up on Israel as a nation after what they've done to him, they crucified him. He's not given up on you. And God's just got one request, worship me. Just worship me. Wherever you are in this building, worship me. If you've got dilemma in your life, if you've got trials in your life, if you've got sickness in your body, if you've got children that are in rebellion, if you've got hell going on in your life, I challenge you to learn to worship God in all situations, good and bad, in the morning, in the evening, in the nighttime, when the devil's like a flood, when the angels just become a worshiper. Just worship God, and God will supernaturally cleanse you. He will supernaturally cleanse you. He will supernaturally clothe you. He will supernaturally give you a sound mind. He's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's not giving you a spirit of depression. He has given you a sound mind. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is in this room right now. 
and there's somebody in this building that is facing a tremendous attack of the devil, but you need to get up and say, devil, you're not going to kill me. Devil, you're not going to stop me. It might appear that I am far and a long way off, but I'm going to worship God right here in this pew, standing right here. And when I do, the infusion of God's Holy Spirit is going to come into my life, and I am going to be delivered, and I am not going to be hopeless. Hope is going to be born in my life, and miracles are going to be manifest, and God is going to show Himself strong in my life. In the name of Jesus, if you understand what I'm talking about in this room today, I challenge you to come against hopelessness uh, and just lift your hand to the Lord where you sit or where you stand and get up out of your pew and come to this altar and say, God, I'm not making any declaration about my perfection. I'm just saying I worship you because you are my creator and my redeemer and my savior and you're not going to let me be defeated in Jesus' name.